WHHH-FM Indianapolis. It's time to take a look at what's going on in and around Indy. It's Open Lines, your eye on the community on High 96.3. Hold up. And a good Sunday morning to you, Indianapolis. I'm Cameron Riddle. It is the last Sunday of April, April 25th, 2021. The year is just chugging along. All week on Facebook, I keep getting these updates of where we were one year ago when the instructions were really simple. Just stay at home and do nothing. Now, a year later, we're working through the pandemic, 59 weeks into this thing. And we're not totally done with it. We are now at a pace where everyone can get a vaccine if they choose. That's if they choose. The current president, President Joe Biden, had made it a point. It was one of his goals in his first 100 days to get 100 million people vaccinated. And when he originally said that uh, to a lot of people, that sounded crazy. But he beat that goal before his 100 days. So he upped the goal and he upped the goal again. Now there's been a new directive to get anybody who wants a shot, let them be able to walk in and get it right now. But with so much vaccine availability, the number of people who are getting their vaccine is still rather on the low side. And it can't be because there's not access to the vaccine, or is it? That's the question for you. Now, you guys know I've got my COVID shot. Got both shots. I'm fully vaccinated. I'm ready to get on up out there and do my thing without a mask when they say it is safe to do so. But for those of you who have not gotten your shot, we want to talk with you this morning. Uh, And again, we're not, um, I'm not even necessarily trying to convince you to get a shot. I just want to know what's, what's your reason for not getting that shot, whatever it is. I will respect it. And if if it's for a lot of people that, hey, you're just trying to figure out, um, you know, all the details, you're trying to figure out the research or you're just not convinced and you're on the fence, call me because uh, maybe we can get some resources on this show that can talk to you uh, to maybe convince you to do that. So we're going to talk a lot about vaccine on the first half of the show and then on the bottom half of the show. Uh, We're going to switch gears and talk about uh, policing across this country. As you know, the world was watching the great state of Minnesota earlier this week when Derek Chauvin uh, was officially convicted as a murderer for the death of George Floyd. Now folks are wondering what's next. We know there are a number of other police shootings uh, that have happened across the nation just this week that have uh, everyone's attention. And so we know that side of the story is not over, but what will happen with policing. What do you want to see happen? We're going to talk to our friend uh, Matt Davis, who is actually holding a rally uh, downtown to educate people on what some of the options could be. There are different schools of thought on how we uh, reform policing. Is it to abolish the police? Is it to defund the police and then take that money and then refund other mental health um, programs within city departments? Uh, What exactly is it? We'll talk about all of that coming up at 830. That is at 830 when we will uh, be joined by Matt Davis. And I want to hear from you. But now right here at the top of the hour, I want to talk about that vaccine information. As we look across the Midwest, um, there have been 3.9 million doses given in Indiana. Okay, 1.6 million people are fully vaccinated. So that means 24.7% of the Indiana population is vaccinated. And you would say, hey, a quarter, that, that, that's, that's pretty good. All right, well, we're getting there. But the concern is that that's a little bit low, not only here, but across the nation. But when you look around the Midwest, all of our neighbors are really beating us. Uh, when you take a look uh, next door, I told you we've got uh, about 20... 25% of our population is vaccinated next door in Illinois. 28% of their population is vaccinated. And of course, these numbers uh, vary because our populations are different. So let's just look at the percentage. Uh, because in in one way, shape, or form, all the states have had the same access to get the vaccine. There hasn't been a fight to get it or anything uh, like that. So 
The question is, why so low here in Indiana? So Illinois, 28% of people are fully vaccinated. Uh, Next door in Ohio, 29.5% of people are fully vaccinated. Up north in in, uh, Michigan, rather, 29% of people are vaccinated. Our friends down in Kentucky, this one kind of blows my mind. Kentucky is beating us with 29.9%. What's the deal, Indiana? That, That is the question for you this morning. Phone lines are now open. 317-239-9696. 317-239-9696. Have you got vaccinated? Why did you do it? And if you haven't, or if you're on the fence, uh, what's keeping you on the fence? I want to hear from you. 317-239-9696. And if you've got, um, if you've been vaccinated and you want to come talk to some folks and tell them, hey, uh, the, the, the microchip that they allegedly put in me, I, I, I didn't feel it. I'm kidding. There's no microchip. But that is... Uh, you know, one of the conspiracies that they are microchipping you when they put this uh, vaccine in there. And I can tell you, that's not the case. Uh, so what is it? 317-239-9696. 317-239-9696. When it comes to this vaccine hesitancy uh, in Marion County, uh, there are uh, about 23% of Marion County has gotten their uh, vaccine, just 23%. Remember, we're the state's uh, most populated county and the largest city in the state is in this county. And uh, we're not at a quarter yet. So so what's the deal uh, with what appears to be some vaccine hesitancy? And as, and as you guessed it, just like with everything else, uh, the black and brown population is even lower um, on that totem pole, if you will, of who has received the vaccine in Marion County thus far. When you break it down, it's black and brown populations are in the 13 and 6 percent compared to the 23 percent of the near million people in Marion County. Only 23 percent have gotten vaccinated. And then when we go into those minority sections, uh, those numbers go even Lower. All of this is happening as summer is approaching. We know there's going to be 40% capacity at the Indianapolis 500. Uh, we know everybody's ready to get outside, do their thing, have a good summer. But the fear is we could go in the wrong direction or we'll plateau. We've we've never really just done it the right way and got completely over the hump uh, since this pandemic started because we only kind of do things halfway. So what do we got to do to go all the way? Let's go to the phone lines now. 317-239-9696. 317-239-9696. Let's start with caller on Lucky Knot Line 2. Good morning. Who's this? Uh, hi, my name's Erica. Hi, Erica. You're live on the air. What's on your mind? Well, I I think that part of the reason a lot of people aren't getting vaccinated is it's actually the Indiana website is pretty confusing to use. I know I'm, I'm half vaccinated, or I got my first dose, I guess, and it's when I was first like looking into getting vaccinated, it's pretty confusing. Um, the website doesn't really work very well. Mm. And I think there's a lot of like miscommunication about how to actually go about getting vaccinated, even mm. with like the free vaccination clinics at the 500. Mm-hmm. Like it, I think that if there was some more literature out there and a little bit more mm. clarity on how to go about it, I think that would help. Okay. Okay. That That's a good one. I'm going to make, make a note of that. When, when you say confusing, because I actually never used... Um, the Indiana website, because I was able to get it through my school district uh, where I'm a school employee. And so I signed up that way. So when you say it, it's confusing, what about it? What, what is it? Is it going to be confusing for, you know, the average person who gets on or is it uh, just w- w- what about it? Well, I know, like, so when you when you log in and you put in your zip code, half the time it doesn't register your zip code in the correct spot. Mm-hmm. And then other times it will pull up places that are either fully booked for a month out or only Kroger or only, you know, it's, it's just very inconsistent hmm. when you're like looking at the actual vaccination sites. Okay. All right. I will make a note of that and, and pass that along. Cause I think we'll have some of those uh, folks who are in charge of such websites on the show here soon. Thanks for the call, Erica. Yep. Thanks. All right. Maybe say some. Maybe it's not hesitancy in some cases. Sometimes it's maybe it's just too difficult to understand uh, how to actually sign up for the shot. 317-239-9696. 317-239-9696. That's the number to call to get on the air.
Caller on line three. Good morning. You're live on the air. Who's this? Uh, good morning. My name is Miss Jackson. I'm on the line. Hello, Miss Jackson. You're live on the air. How you doing? Okay. How are you doing? I'm all right. Are you okay today? I'm, well, my back hurts, Miss 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 Jackson. I was out in the yard yesterday. <laughs> I tore up half of my yard because I got a little too excited at Home Depot and I bought a whole bunch of stuff. I pulled up all the mulch in the yard and now I'm in pain and I still got half a yard to do. But other than that, uh, I'm okay. Okay, but <laughs> I. <laughs> I am fully vaccinated, All and right. uh, it's, uh, I tell everybody, you know, get out there and get your shot. If you want to enjoy the the summer without a mask, do what you need to do, and it's nothing to it. I've registered through 211, and I got my vaccination at Eskenazi, so, you know, uh, it's, it's nothing to it, y'all. Get, do, do what you need to do. And um, get out there and get that shot. <laughs> All right, Miss Jackson, thank you so much for the call. You're very welcome. All right, appreciate it. Let's go to a caller online one at two three nine ninety six ninety six three one seven two three nine ninety six ninety six. Caller online one. Good morning. Who's this? Hey, you know, there's too many inconsistencies being put out there. Okay, tell me about it. It's nothing but a scam by the pharmaceutical companies to make money. Next thing they're going to tell you is you need to take two or three vaccines a year before you can uh, even uh, think about going out. And the mask is certainly torture. This is uh, crimes against humanity. It's murder. It's torture. It's extermination. It's all those things that we see that are uh, aimed at certain populations and genocide and everything else. So the people that are running this operation are nothing but a bunch of scammers and fakers and imposters and liars, and they're uh, getting us into position where they're going to uh, have a mass murder program. That's all it is, and you can check into it. Somebody needs to take a bottle of the vaccine and do an analysis on it and see what's in there. We trust too much, uh, government too much. We run to government every time and think they're going to help us. Nobody can save your life. If you're sitting around eating garbage all day and you're three or 400 pounds, you're going to die for some reason or another. So all the statistics and everything behind the scam have been nothing but a scam, and it's crimes against humanity. That's what it is. All right. they need, they're going to be, it's like a Nuremberg trial that needs to take place for these criminals who are, uh, uh, who are uh, 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 administering this program of mass murder. That's what they're doing. All right. Thank you very much, Larry Vaughn, for the call. Uh, 317-239-9696. You can get right behind Larry and tell us what is keeping you from getting the vaccine, or if you had it, why did you get it? The numbers uh, from across the Midwest show Indiana is behind all of our neighbors in getting uh, people vaccinated. And we we know it's not really because of access. All the states have uh, pretty much gotten what they need. And in some cases, we're hearing some of the vaccines are starting to kind of go to waste because people aren't showing up to get their vaccine. So now that's part, part of the reason why uh, there's been a new directive to if you are taking walk-ins starting this week, uh, if you're taking appointments, also start taking walk-ins. If people want to get that shot, let them get that shot. Now that Johnson & Johnson shot is uh, back out there after uh, getting that uh, pause from the uh, CDC. And so the FDA and all those have now said, you may now resume uh, as long as you continue to give a warning. And we know that discouraged some people from uh, getting it. Uh, but nevertheless, it is a way to get out uh, of this thing. And they are saying it is safe after doing some quick research. 317-239-9696. Let's go back to the phone lines. Caller on line two. Good morning. You're live on the air. Who's this? Hi, this is Tucker. Hi, Miss Tucker. I want to say I encourage people to get the vaccine. It's the only way we're going to come free of this thing. The only thing I can say is all the negative feedback, saying people die, it'll make you sick. Social media needs to slow that down because at the end of the day, we're much better shaped than we were this time last year. Yes, we are. Yes. So I encourage everybody to get out and get it. You want things to go back to normal. You want to travel, be around family, get your hugs in, and love on each other. But at the end of the day, we all have to pray. That's all we can do. All right. Thank you so much for the call. I appreciate it, Ms. Tucker.
You're welcome. 317-239-9696. 317-239-9696. Call me. Uh, let's take the caller on line three. Good morning. Who's this? Hey, Cameron. How you doing this morning? I, I'm good, Paul. How are you? Man, I'm doing great. First of all, I just want to say, I just want to say that uh, people's medical conditions is private and people need to mind their own business. Uh, the the fact that people say negative, positive, this or that, uh, everything with the government is confusing. Uh, and, and, and the lady that called earlier uh, was talking about the complications of finding out information. Uh, but if you go to find out any information uh, that's dealing with the government, it's always confusing. Uh, I would like to see a little more things simplified uh, when we are dealing with the government or dealing with anything, trying to get any information. Mm-hmm. Uh, but again, uh, for me, uh, my medical is private. Uh, I understand the pandemic. I also understand uh, like Larry was saying, as, as, as far as about these different uh, conspiracies to keep us paying them and all these different types of things. But if a person wants to, uh, like me for myself, I keep my mask on. I keep my social distances. I try not to change my circles none. Uh, but I, like I said, I, our health uh, situation is private. This is a pandemic, uh, and I do uh, think that it will be gone soon. Um, uh, again, you know, you, you haven't heard not one thing about the flu. It's like we just skipped over mm. the flu season. Uh, I'm more interested in cures versus I am suppression. And when you suppress a disease, then the disease is still there and we're still pain. I want to go back to the days in the forties and fifties when we were act- doctors was actually curing us versus practicing on us. So, everybody have a great day. Thank you uh, for allowing me to speak. All right. You guys have a great day, and I'll let y'all later. All right. Good to talk to you, Paul. Thank you so much, right. sir. Uh, let's All stay right. on the phones here. 317-239-9696. Caller on line one. Good morning. Who's this? This is uh, Reggie. Reggie, you're live on the air. How you doing? I'm doing good. I'm doing good. Um, first, I want to say I think the caller was Larry that called in. I hope I remembered his name right, that uh, – I want to say that uh, I respect that brother. He's on the right path, mm-hmm. and uh, he's we got the right thinking. The uh, second thing I want to say that if if someone wanted to, uh, if someone needed to upgrade a certain system, but the certain system was going to create radiation and it was going to kill a lot of people, the only way to do that is to create the uh, to say that the, the symptoms of the radiation is from a virus. What we have to look at is, is we're dealing with a world situation. It's not nothing with the United States alone. It's the whole entire world. So There's the, only one so thing. Have, have you gotten vaccinated or do you plan to? No, I haven't gotten vaccinated. I don't plan to get vaccinated. And I hope people that haven't gotten vaccinated don't get vaccinated. The only thing is it's a catch-22 because the people that haven't gotten vaccinated is not going to be able to do nothing. Mm-hmm. We're not going to be able to go nowhere. They're going to shut it all down for us. So we're going to have to get prepared for that. We're going to have to get prepared for survival. And you're going to have to be serious about saying that you don't want this going into your body because you know what it's going to do. You know, and the 5G is what I was speaking on earlier. I know it's a conspiracy theory. I know a lot of people think you're crazy when you talk about it, but that's the trick. You know, from what I've heard, the Bible, religion within itself says the devil is the greatest deceiver in the world. And we're being deceived. And anytime you think the deception is a joke and you laugh at it like it ain't the truth, that's when it's the best deception that can ever be put on a people. We're looking at it like somebody talk about the truth, they looked at it like they're crazy. That is the deception. That is the greatest deceiver in the world. That is the devil at work in the world, not the United States. Let's broaden our mind, brothers, the ones that I know hear my voice. Let's broaden our mind. It's about the world. Prepare for survival. Prepare to to be able to not have to go into the mainstream to do anything if you don't want to get vaccinated. And that's the side that I want to be on. All right. The rebellion side. That's how deep it's going to get. All right. Thank you so much for the call, Reggie. I appreciate it, man. You're welcome. All right. Join Reggie here on the air uh, and talk your talk, if you will. 317-239-9696. 317-239-9696. That's the number to get on the air. If you can't get through, also send me a tweet at Open Line Show on Twitter or at Cameron Riddle 
on Twitter. And while you're there, make sure you put in a follow. And if you miss any portion of the show, you can go to any site that you search for your podcast, where you listen to your favorite podcast. The Open Line Show is there too. Just search Open Line Show. Let's go to the phones. Caller on line two. Good morning. You're live on the air. Who's this? Good morning. This is Sarah. Sarah, what's on your mind? So for me, you know, I think you should be, people should have a choice to get the shot. Mm-hmm. And they do. But, and it shouldn't be some stipulations to where you can't fly, you can't travel, which you know that's coming. Mm-hmm. Also, you know, for my own personal reasons, I didn't get vaccinated because I've seen a lot of mistakes. Mm-hmm. I work in, I work in a criminal justice field and um, I mean, we are in Indiana, you know, there's not a lot, there's a lot of hidden racism and I just felt like when I wanted to get my shot, I had to go to a stranger. Mm. I, I asked for my own uh, primary care physician to do it, and they told me uh, I was told that they can't do it. You have to go to certain designated areas, and I'm just not comfortable with that mm-hmm. because, you know, where I do work at, um, I seen a guy come get a flu shot this past year, and the nurse acc- accidentally gave them fentanyl, and they died. This is a top research pe- person that worked um, in a hospital. He's a cancer research research uh, doctor. So accidents do happen, but you had a brand new nurse who didn't know what she was doing and gave this man fentanyl, and he's dead now. Or how about down in North Carolina where Walgreens has admitted to giving people saline? So for me, I feel like I have to go let a complete stranger put a substance in my body that I really don't want to do. Mm-hmm. But because I want to travel, I'm willing to do it or do or I want to live normal, but I can't choose who who, I, who can do it. I've been going to my doctor for seven years. I will feel more comfortable if she did it versus some complete stranger who I don't know how that person feel about my gender, my race, my sex, my religion. I just don't. So I just, I'm going to just hold back. Well, you know what? You are not alone in that because a lot of people are, have, are asking for that, that you, you know, they want to get this from a person that they know and trust and they would like to get it from their primary care doctor. So I think there, there's been some talk about working on that because it was trying to, they were trying to do it in the masses, but for some people they want that personal, that trusting relationship, just as you explained. So you're not alone in that. So when they start chatting, then I think the numbers will rise on people that will get it because again, it's just that whole trust thing and, they just have to understand, like, it's scary. Mm-hmm. All right. Thank you so much for the call and the different perspective. I appreciate that. Uh-huh. Thank you so much. 317-239-9696. 317-239-9696. Do you have the vaccine? Tell us why you got it and how you're feeling. Did you have any symptoms? Or are you not getting the vaccine? Why or why not? But I really want to talk to people who are on the fence about getting the vaccine. Like, you're like, hmm. Maybe something I should do, probably should, just not convinced that I should. I definitely want to hear from you. 317-239-9696. 317-239-9696. The best thing about this show is there is no right or wrong answer. Call me. Let's go to the caller on line one. Caller, good morning. You're live on the air. Who's this? Hello? Hello? Hello, you're live on the air. Who's this? This is Lisa. Lisa, what are you thinking? Um, at first, I wanted the Johnson and Johnson because it was going to be a one shot and done. Mm-hmm. And then I followed it through and was like, Johnson and Johnson had that talc thing situation mm-hmm. in the lawsuit. Mm-hmm. So don't trust them. Um, and and I, I knew so that would be the church. I knew that'd be a concern for some folks. But go ahead. So when I went to the church to get the shot, that's all they had was Johnson Johnson. I told Dr. Virginia Kane, I said, no, I'm not taking that. <laughs> so you got to send me somewhere where they're either Moderma or the Pfizer. And so she said, well, if I wanted to take the Pfizer, I had I would have had to go uh, the next day mm-hmm. back to the church. But I was like, nah. Well, she, then she found out a place that had the Moderma and sent me there, and that was Indigo so uh, on the east side. So it was good. It was good, but um, my thing is, we know that we live in living in the last days, right? Mm-hmm. So, it, this new world order is a part of it, you know. New world, order. I call it new world order. <laughs> That's what I call it mm-hmm. because the Lord has never took our will away from us. He never would. That's always the enemy that wants to take your will away from you. All right. Thank you so much for the call. I appreciate it. 
All right, bye. All right, let me try to squeeze in uh, another call or two before we go to break. Every time somebody says uh, Johnson Johnson, I can't not hear uh, Medea in the play say Johnson Johnson. I ain't no Johnson Johnson. I know Johnson Johnson when I smell Johnson Johnson. That ain't no Johnson Johnson. Uh, call her on line two. Uh, let's see who this Thank is. You. Good morning. You're live on the air. Hello. Before we go to break, every time somebody says hello, uh, hello? you're live Johnson. on the air. Hey, turn your radio down Hi. for me. Hello. Hi, you're live on the air. Who's this? Hi, my name is Shay. Jane, what's on your mind? Hi, I wanted to say I'm just a parent. I'm just a single mom of five kids. It's kind of scary because, like, I never did this do the flu shot for me or my children because I, you always hear, like, if you do the shot, that it'll make you sick first before, you know, it, it, it'll make you sick before you even get sick with it. I'm mm-hmm. a shot. Mm-hmm. <laughs> get this uh, COVID shot, especially if you already had the coronavirus and you got over it without the shot, and then now you you want to take the shot, and then you got all these chances of getting sick or anything happening. Like, my daughter just had a brain tumor out the blue, mm. five years old, you know what I mean? So, mm-hmm. like, it's just, it's just really, it's a scary thing for everybody. It really is. I under understand uh, that as well. Um, and I do, I know with the flu shot, you know, sometimes it's a it's a live virus which makes you sick, and then you know the different symptoms. But when you have those conditions, like you know what your daughter is going through, I definitely understand that. So let me ask you before we go: Is there anything that would convince you? Are you are you hard? Nope, we're not doing it. Or would it be if I got the right information uh, and somebody told me it was okay that I trust it that I might do it? Where are you fall? Exactly. Exactly. We had someone that really told us, like, this is what, like our primary do- doctor, uh-huh. if, if we had somebody that we really trusted that's going to tell us this is what you should do this for your safety or whatever, then I would probably consider it. Okay. All right. Good, good to know. Good to know. Thank you uh, for the call. I appreciate it. Thank you. All right. Uh, a robust uh, conversation on the vaccine here uh, this morning. Obviously, this is a conversation that we will continue because the phone lines are still ringing as we get ready to head out to break and switch gears on this 25th of April. Uh, Coming up, it's time to talk about policing and what happens next. Where do we go from here? You know, this week, Derek Chauvin was convicted on three counts in three different ways. He is now a convicted murderer. But while that is over, we have a number of police shootings that have happened literally that same day and throughout the same week that his trial ended. So we know the problem isn't solved, but there's just one step to getting to the next place. But the question is, what is that place? We're going to talk to some folks who have an idea and then I also want to hear from you. There are some folks who want to abolish the police or some folks who want to reform the police. We'll talk about what some of those differences are and what you can do to get informed or maybe involved when the Open Line Show continues. I'm Cameron Riddle. We'll be right back. We want to hear from you, your thoughts, your views, your voice. We are your eye on the community. It's Open Lines on High 96.3. Let's get back to Open Lines, your eye on the community on Hot 96.3. And welcome back to the Open Lines show. I am Cameron Riddle on this 25th of April. It's been a week, y'all. It has been an absolutely busy, busy uh, news week of headlines from all over the place. And now, hopefully we can slow down and just breathe. But I've been around long enough to know that that's probably not going to happen. So one of the things that is going to happen is this afternoon is there will be a a rally on Monument Circle. It is called a teach-in. It is a workshop and rally against state and racial violence. It is at 4 o'clock today. This is one of the responses to What we have seen across the country, this is uh, after the Derek Chauvin verdict. This is where we go from here. One of the people that I have talked to a number of times, literally for the past year now, at least it'll be a year next month, uh, well, in a couple of days, 
uh, is Matt Davis. He is with the Indiana Racial Justice Alliance. Uh, he has been a, a vocal person out there in the streets, leading rallies, having discussions, sitting at roundtables about where we go from here. He's got a different perspective. There are some folks, uh, our friends at Indy 10 Black Lives Matter, are firmly um, in the school of thought of abolish the police. We don't need the police. That's not necessarily where Matt stands. He's got a different perspective. So we want to start the conversation with a different perspective. Matt Davis joins us on the live line right now. Matt, good morning. Hey, how's it going? Uh, thanks for having me here. It's good to have you. I always appreciate uh, having different voices and different schools of thought, uh, especially on this this uh, you know social justice, racial justice. Tell people where you stand as you've got this. Um, uh, you're meeting folks on the circle today this afternoon. Right. So what we're doing today is called a teach-in, and a teach-in is a public workshop. Right. So you can do protests. You can do different types of rallies. We will have a rally just just because I think people want to be more active. But essentially, it's a workshop for everybody. Right. I think we do chants or we share things online or we like posts and things like follow pages. But does that mean that we're having any deeper knowledge about the issues? Right. Mm -hmm. And So when we see a verdict uh, like what happened, um, I guess we're relieved. Right. But also the bad apples mentality is something that's just as dangerous as a cop not getting fired or charged, right? Oh, mm -hmm. we got a bad apple, so now the rest of the tree in the orchard is fine. We need to learn how to address the root of the problem, and the problem is systemic, so our solutions have to be systemic too. So uh, I'm going to take some phone calls here in a second, Matt, because I know folks are going to want to talk to you after you explain where you stand on policing, because as I said, it's different from where other people stand. Tell us, tell us where you're I at. Mean, no, I got you. And I'm not talking about anybody in particular. Mm -hmm. I think there's just a general ethos around the country of what I'm calling like the eight-month abolitionist, right? Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. People people only really kind of got clear on that ideologically last year. Mm -hmm. So I think what's, what's hard is the people who have been abolitionists for a while understand that community control and self-determination over that type of public service is more important before you disband a department. And even more important, after you disband a department, community control is the only way that you can actually govern after you've torn something apart. I'm not saying don't abolish it or disband. I try to say the word disband because I think it's just clear on what it is. Right. Mm -hmm. We saw this in the Reconstruction. You know, that was after abolition. That era was called the Reconstruction. What is your Reconstruction plan if you're an abolitionist? That's the question. Right. And so for us, what we try to do as an alliance, is converged several different types of interests, labor, faith, nonprofit, local business, people in legal, everybody, youth. We try to converge a lot of different interests so that everybody can be in the conversation of what it means to abolish so what it means to control that public service. So, so to be clear, you're not just outright saying, let's abolish the police, let's defund the police. What I'm hearing from you is you're saying, Okay, if we do that, then what? You're the then what person. Absolutely. And then I think that, that those considerations of then what should inform what we do now. Mm -hmm. Right? So mm -hmm. if, you, if you don't have that in mind, you're not going to get there. So, so that's, that's why we need our knowledge of the issues mm -hmm. to understand what the results of putting a hashtag on somebody's name, mm -hmm. sending it around the world, mm -hmm. that cop. That is exhausting the momentum of being able to have real issue campaigns on demands that can change the entire system. One of the things that you've said, well, first of all, so whatever you just said just made the, all the phone lines light up. But one of the things that we've said when I've talked to you previously is, you know, when, it, when, when, it's, uh, when we're talking about mental health, you're not saying defund the police and get rid of them. One of the things you've said previously is you take some of that money that we may be using for armored vehicles or some kind of... Uh, thing that is not actually mental health and you're not necessarily trying to have you know get rid of the police department but take some of that money and invest it you said you know defund the police and then refund the community as you said previously Absolutely. into some other things that can help you know mental health and all that stuff well that's where the real crime prevention and public safety is is not in the department it's in food security it's in housing it's in education it's in all the employment workforce programs. That's where real crime prevention is. Our, our number one demand the entire time has been defund a percentage of police departments to refund public services 
and programs. Why is that important, right? Because for us, whatever you take, you have to be a responsible steward of that money in another part of the budget, and you have to have the public and political will on the inside in order to do that, right? And so that is a broader project. And some people, you know, critique that as a slogan, but you have to be sincere about how much you can take and how much you can reallocate and then show the community that the police are fundamentally non-essential. Then from there, you can have a high ground that says this ban, abolish, whatever. We have to have a proof of model, so to speak, right? That we can create alternatives to the police that make them, makes it clear that they are unessential for public safety, crime prevention, or just the general peace in our community. We don't need them. So it's not, it's not just this or that. I'm saying that we all have to start to converge interests with people. The word defund is just about the budget, mm-hmm. right? So can we reprioritize the budget? We can phrase it a bunch of different ways. What I'm trying to get at is if we stay insular with our kind of contingency that's ready to use words like that, that's fine. Those are buzzwords. But can, you, can, can, can we start to talk people who are in status quo into actually understanding that the police are not essential. Let me give you one example. I talk, I'm not going to name any names. Mm-hmm. I talked with the NAACP one day. They wanted to do an action. Whoa, we need the young people's help on this. And I have some people who are uh, great. I have great conversations with all types of different people in membership of NAACP. So this is not against the organization or anything. But this one for conversation, they wanted to take action, right? Not their usual. We saw that last year. They did nearly nothing. So the thing was is, we want your help. And I said, okay, cool. We have some voting rights demands. Can you help support those? That was a good you know, part of negotiation, you know, a good relationship building. Then I said, hey, can you, can you at least denounce community policing and move to alternatives to policing, right? I didn't have to say F-12 to them, mm-hmm. but even still, they ultimately didn't want to do that. So then we didn't align, which is cool, right? Mm-hmm. That's, that's kind of what I mean is if you don't want to be a part of this broader project of creating alternatives to the police or disbanding the department at some point, it's not, you're not really in the fight for racial justice or improving uh, law enforcement or public safety or criminal justice, whatever you want to talk about. You know. uh, well, you know what, Matt, whatever you said, I haven't given out the phone number yet, but people know the number and they have dialed it uh, because they want to talk to you. Uh, 317-239-9696 is the number to get in line to talk to us here this morning on the Open Line Show. Or you can send us a tweet on Twitter, you can do like my girl Aaliyah did, who said, hey, I'm here, I'm listening, and uh, we'll get your comments in that way. Send me a tweet at Cameron Riddle or at Open Line Show. For now, let's go to the phone lines. Caller on line one. Good morning. You're live on the air. Who's this? Hey, you bud, he's barking at the wrong tree, Cameron, because the police don't have a budget. The mayor gets the budget after it's appropriated for, uh, for public safety, and it goes into the general fund so that uh, they can use $70 million to clean the city up and to spend to have the uh, Final Four bubble here. He doesn't understand the concept of city finances, so they're barking up the wrong tree, but I'm sure the public officials are laughing at him because when he goes to get a public safety budget, he's going to find that there's nothing there. All the money's in the general fund. So you need to do your research, young man, and nobody's going to give you any money. You could forget about that. You need to get a job and go to work. What are you what even talking? All do. right, all right. Hey, first of all, sure. I, 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 I don't, I don't even know what he's talking about. It's some sometimes, Larry, you come with with something that makes sense. Other times, you take us. Uh, you you went left on that one. Yeah, I, I think I think the main thing, uh, just in response to that, is the fact that uh, I did address the fact that it's the city budget, mm-hmm. um, especially in a city that is gerrymandered as Indianapolis, the consolidated budget. Mm-hmm. Making sure that you have. Political will is also what I said. Also, uh, unfortunately, when we're talking about state and racial violence, like we're experiencing every day, I actually do work at FedEx, brother, on the other side. You know what I mean? And it it, it does not, you cannot escape it. You see what I mean? That's just my regular job. That's not organizing or anything like that. Still, we see, still, you know, all kinds of people shot up, cars shot up, parking lot shot up Mm -hmm. by somebody, you know, by racially motivated violence. So, this that's the same thing we're seeing with the police, right? 
So it's just institutionalized. So I do have a job, and public will is important, and I appreciate your comment. Yeah, well, I'm glad you appreciate it because I, I didn't. I don't like when, you know, you can call and say what you want, but when you go left and you be disrespectful and tell somebody they don't have a job and you don't know uh, this we're man. We're not worried Joe, about it, man. We're not worried about it. I, I know, I know. And I, I'm not going to take the bait, but that man is going to hate the day that I get caller ID up in here. 317-239-9696. 317-239-9696. Caller on line two. Good morning. Who's this? Hello. How you doing? I'm good. How are you? Oh, pretty good. I just want to make a brief statement. Go ahead. Number one, there's 18,000 police departments across the nation. Mm -hmm. And this has been happening to our communities for over 400 years, ever since slavery. Absolutely. It's time for a big change. Yep. Number one, when they said we was two-thirds of a person, whatever they said, they've been still leaning on that. They They don't look at black people as human beings. That's the first big problem. You know, number two, they need be, that federal law up in Washington, D.C. need to be passed. Number three, all these 18,000 police departments got police chiefs. Evidently, they're not, they not uh, going through and doing a thorough exam of their police officers. There's some, a lot of these police officers have got complaints in. Can I, can I comment on that really quick? It's time for a big change in this nation. Go ahead, Matt. Let him, let... Absolutely. Yeah, I just I just wanted to touch on. And I appreciate four, your comment. Hold, hold off on number four real quick. Let Matt jump in there. Go ahead, Matt. No, I, I appreciate that comment because uh, one of our main demands, obviously, like we talked about, is defund and put that back into real public service. But then also a directly elected citizens council. Like, we need a big change. Like you said, we need to change the full jurisdiction of what law enforcement, how it shows up in the public sector, right? We need a uh, something similar to like a school board of non-cops who know about restorative practice and real justice and real neighborhood needs, right? And they, they need to be uh, in, in, in the mindset of alternatives to the police. It needs to be nonpartisan, so not one party or another can take it over. Non-cop, all citizens, you know what I mean? And there, there could be a recall function, too. If you're not doing your job, man, we need to pull you off of that cop board, right? So it's not just the same old cop board that we see. It's a real proactive you know, public voice that was democratically elected by people in a nonpartisan election. That's a real change. You know what I mean? We got a merit board in every, to your point, brother, we got a merit board in every single aspect of law enforcement. You can't really do law enforcement without a merit board in Indiana. And so we need the same thing in terms of, again, community control over these public workers, right? Because then we can get, we can actually have the control and have the will to disband them in ways that make sense, probably starting with disarming first, right? And then after that, getting rid of beats, and then slowly reconstructing the department, right? Because if, if not everybody's ready for that, what's going to happen is we see this with schools, right? They're going to privatize. They're going to automate, right? You know, like they're going to find New York has robot dogs. You see what I mean? <laughs> it's getting different, right? So they're going to privatize. They're going to find ways to win, um, even if it's outside of the public fight, is basically what I'm saying. So we're going to have to, to this brother's point, have fundamental changes that the way we keep ourselves safe. All right. Uh, the phone lines are still ringing, 317-239-9696, 317-239-9696, or send us a tweet at Open Line Show. We'll try to get as many calls as we can in the remaining 10 minutes of this show. Let's go to the caller on line three. Good morning. Who's this? Hey Cameron, you know I don't like to double dip. Yeah, but, but Shane, I'm gonna so go less. I'm gonna do less than sixty seconds. I'm giving I, you I just 30. want to say this young man thirty. That, that young man said the word demand. All I want to know is where do y'all meet at, so I can come and join uh, you guys uh, when y'all having these meetings. Thank you, yes, Cameron. Sir. Thank Appreciate you, Paul. Appreciate you. So uh, definitely um, touch base with us today for sure in person. Uh, we haven't done a lot of stuff in person just because of COVID and everything, but. Uh, de- definitely touch base with us in person today at four o'clock on Monument Circle. Uh, we're doing the teaching, talking about these demands. Actually, that was, that was perfect. That's exactly what we're doing, brother. So, you know, you can hit us up on Instagram or, or Twitter, Indiana RJA, it's the acronym for Racial Justice Alliance, Indiana RJA, or on Facebook, INRJA, or just Indiana Racial Justice Alliance. You can type, type those into any social media platform. Um, and find out what we're doing, keep up with us. Um, and uh, our demands, again, are defund a percentage of police departments 
refund that back into public service because we got to show that it can work first, right? And then directly elected citizen council, that's a very long-term goal, but for a very deep and, like you said, historic and systemic problem. Our third demand is uh, in cash bail and pretrial detention. The neighborhood kingpin or the major assault type of person like R. Kelly or whatever, those people get out, right? They, 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 they're not sitting in jail. It's people in poverty who are sitting in pretrial detention. They never see a trial. This is where we see the snitching in our communities with pleas and everything. So we need to end pretrial detention altogether, along with, you know, uh, monetizing people's poverty through cash bail. So that's what we're about. Um, we have three committees. Public safety is one, and those are demands. Let's take another phone call. Caller on line one. You're live on open lines. Who's this? Hi, I'm a teacher All right. in Washington Township Schools, and I feel very strongly about these issues. I am trying to leave my job. I was a college professor. I decided to teach public school because I wanted to keep my kids of color safe. Mm-hmm. As a woman of color, they have a problem with me telling my black and brown kids, when you're approached by a police officer, do not smart off. Do not do, not do certain things. Do not run. You know, all these things to try and educate mm-hmm. our babies. They don't want it. So what I'm saying is I'm getting ready to get with Indiana Racial Justice because I've got a whole lot to say. I do agree with the whole school board thing, but when you have a school board that gives jobs away to unqualified old white people when we have educated black people and experience, and then they give them away to people just because they want the job and they need it, so there's going to need to be somebody watching the school board too. Oh, I'm with you. No, and all, all, all these, uh, I appreciate your support. And considerations, uh, and, and also the struggle that you're having to, to actually do something, right? And and I think we all have to find different ways at our capacity and scale to do things. And I think for us, like you said, like we need to be looking at everything public, private, and social. But and how what would they want the up. kids to know when you encounter? You don't know if that police officer is a racist or not. So just to be safe, these are the things you need to 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 do. There, I don't find they they find that that I, what I say is hurt. I'm like, but I got proof. What are you talking about? I'm, I mean, I'm an educator. I taught African-American history and literature for over 20 years. But so that's, I, that sense of apathy from young people sometimes can be about not having a, a, a sense of, a, or a lack of clarity. I talk with a lot of elders in, in our community, you know what I mean, from a range of perspectives, especially from the civil rights era. And, and you know, we always talk about, you know, just apathy. Um, and, you know, so many people are just, uh, you know, burnt out, right? It's like, I, yeah, I didn't see how, how, how many hashtags we've seen, right? Come and go. How many videos right. have we seen come right. and go? There's been 194 deaths since George Floyd alone, right? Not all of those were on video. And how do you right. keep up with all of those? So I think the way, just want to mention really quick, I think the way to address some of that apathy from younger people, especially, is to say, like, here's how you change the entire thing, right? Here, like, again, not the bad apples, but here's how we cut down that tree, you know? And they, they can find some discipline with different types of conduct. Like here's how you, you know, rotate when the police are trying to pressure you about this or whatever, or here's how you kind of like advocate for yourself um, in, in situations that have nothing to do with criminal justice. Right. Here's how you advocate for who should be on the school board. So you can have the kind of schools that you want. Right. You know, so. Exactly. Well, I feel like you're about to be my new best friend. Because <laughs> I, I feel like, because I'm not going to be able to do a darn thing as an educator in the school system, I need to get out. I got to get out of there first because I'm going to put people on blast because they know what they've done. Well, and it's not cool. Well, thank you uh, for the call and thank you for what you do with our kids, doing fighting the fight, doing what you, you can. So much, uh, you know, you, you're an educator and what you're telling them is education. It's unfortunate that some people uh, don't agree, but as you talked about the school board, got to get them out of there. Thank you so much for the yeah, call. Yeah, we do. Thank you. Have a good day. You as well. Matt, uh, you're a popular guy this morning. My phones are still ringing, and it is 8.56 and 40 seconds, so I got three and a half minutes left in the show. I got a couple of texts. Folks wanted to know more detail about where you're going to be this afternoon. Uh, We are going to be on uh, Monument Circle Mm -hmm. at 4 p.m. We're going to be sitting on the stairs. We're going to have... just uh, just like kind of a, a speaker setup, right? Mm-hmm. We're going to hear from some different voices about 
the state-sanctioned violence that we're seeing, and I'm gonna explain that because I know we don't have much time. Mm-hmm. And then also all of this like never-ending racial violence that we keep seeing and experiencing, right? So we we think about Atlanta, right? Mm-hmm. That was just the other day, right? You know, uh, and and then we look at FedEx here in Indianapolis. It's real close to home for me, right? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and others, you know. Um, so how, how how do we contextualize that with the rest of the state-sanctioned violence that we're seeing, um, where and what I mean by state-sanctioned, I mean the the institutions uh, and law enforcement that make up the power structure and drive um, what their interests are, you know, on us, and they exploit us in the process. So, you know, we see like last year, you know, we cared about property value uh, and damage more mm-hmm. than people and issues, real people and real issues during a double crisis. So, I mean, I think that that's what we're trying to talk about is help people make sense of this huge picture and not get caught up or complacent or uh, confused around this verdict or the continued violence we keep seeing. These police murders continued on the day. And even Deontay Wright was more of like a sacrificial lamb for Chauvin. Like, that's sick. That's sick political theater. You see what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. We have to get out of this perfect victim narrative. For the people who get shot, well, you know, he, he did fentanyl. Well, you know, uh, he, he's poor. Well, you know, he's, you know, this, that, that, that. So mm-hmm. we got to get out of the perfect victim when it comes to the people who are impacted by this. And we got to get out of the bad apple for the people who are doing it. So it's not just about always firing them uh, because we need to address the entire system because we'll waste all our energy trying to fire these cops one by one. And what I mean by energy, I mean people's trust and momentum for bigger changes like that brother on the call was, was talking about. Matt Davis, uh, my phone lines are ringing, texts are going off, tweets are coming in. Once again, uh, you will be at Monument Circle today at 4 p.m. This is a teach-in, a workshop and rally against state and racial violence. It is today yes, at sir. 4 p.m. Matt Davis, thank you so much for coming on the show. I appreciate it, man. Thank you for having me, always. It's good to talk to you. I'll see you out there at some point, I am sure. That's going to do it for this edition of The Open Line Show. Uh, Thank you so much for all of the calls that we received today. Uh, And thank you for just tuning in to be informed and know what is going on in and around Indy. I hope that you have a great week. I hope this week is calm. I hope that you come back and join us for another show when we will be in May. The year is rolling along. If you missed any portion of the show, you can find us online anywhere you get your podcast. Just search Open Line Show. Hit that subscribe button and follow me on Twitter at Cameron Riddle and at Open Line Show. On Hot 96.3, more music is just seconds away. And Reverend Al Sharpton is getting ready to take over the airwaves on WTLC. We'll see you next Sunday, live at 8.